Hey everybody, welcome back uh, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Uh, this is, we'll just call it episode 15. Um, this is a little bit of a different episode. Uh, you won't be seeing this one on YouTube. Um, so Tom and I can see each other, uh, but you will not see our lovely faces on this one. This is going to be a podcast only um, episode. And we're going to, um, we're going to break from the norm here this week um, and not well, uh, we may talk about things that are going on in wrestling currently. Um, in fact, I'm sure we will um, because of a couple of things running through my head. But uh, ultimately, um, I can just share with you all who listen. Uh, many of you know because I think, frankly, most of our listeners are friends uh, right now, not random folks who have found us on the Internet. Um, but Thursday night, uh, my brother, my twin brother, passed away unexpectedly. Uh, he was a huge wrestling fan as well. Um, and Tom, Tom got to meet Ted numerous times um along the way and so we just wanted to record um i don't know in a way to be cathartic perhaps for me um and for tom but um talk about ted talk about memories especially around wrestling um so if you're looking for pickums for all out um or even an update on pickums from SummerSlam, uh we'll we'll get an update on head to head next week when we get together um we're not going to do pickums on all out. Um, obviously, we didn't on payback partially because WWE couldn't be bothered to finish a card till like the day of the show. But uh, that's, I feel like I've been whining about that for a couple of shows here, including all out. <laughs> you were looking uh, for a way to get back in the swing. I mean, I, it was a, it a four match lead, so come on. Right, we we could have had pickums just to guess the card for payback, but um, <laughs> <laughs> might have been the way to go. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. If you're looking for that kind of stuff, to be perfectly honest, this isn't going to be your episode. Um, if you're looking for just kind of two friends reminiscing uh, about somebody who you may or may not have met, depending on who you are, uh, then then please feel free to listen. So know that um, we just want to be upfront about what this episode is. Um, there may be pauses throughout it. We have no format. Um, there might be moments where I need a moment to pull myself together. So, um, yeah. So, Tom, I just appreciate your time. Uh, carving out a chance to do this um and and to talk um about my brother yeah dude absolutely and i'm over here uh getting misty-eyed for sure just thinking about you thinking about your family thinking about your brother um this uh this episode's to honor ted for sure without a doubt and um and just to celebrate the importance of uh wrestling in the relationships that we had you know i went right from those feelings in the same breath almost as i'm thinking about my dad my dad's been passed away for nine years now uh and i think of so many great memories that i have with wrestling that connect me and my dad together and to have uh had nine years of none of those uh it makes the ones that i have uh more cherished but also it brings you to the point of um just a little little reminiscing and sadness at the same time so yeah i'm excited to talk about uh memories and uh again we'll we'll both work together uh to keep uh keep a smile on and uh, our eyes dry, but no promises listeners. Um, right. So yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, yeah. So I don't know, just ahead of this show, I was looking up and I know that we've kind of had in the back of our mind uh, a couple times to talk about, you know, like wrestling memories or like how shows we've been to or things of that nature. So I know you mentioned obviously when Kamala passed a few weeks back, you know, one of your memories of like the first house show that you ever went to, or maybe the second one. I don't know if you have that, those results up or if you want to pull those up. I actually have the results of the first house show I ever went to. Um, so I'd love to just kind of kick us off there. 
Um, uh, and just, again, we have no format. So that's the best part about this. So it's a free flowing conversation. Um, does that sound okay? It does. Um, let's, let's talk about yours. Um, well, I'm going to try to pull up. I'm going to try to remember when that was. I mean, I can kind of so together I'm, when Hogan and uh, Orndorff would have been feuding. So, right. so I'm going to see if the, I can pull that up here. I'm at the history of WWE.com, and you can yep. go by year, and then you mm-hmm. can even search by the city where the show was at. That's how I was able to, to oh. get to strike gold for myself. So, um, nice. How do I yeah. search by city? <laughs> Just con- like control F. Oh, I got you. So when I'm yeah, in the yeah. year. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. yep. Yeah. So, um, so I attended for, for the first time ever a WWF house show. Uh, it was actually a rescheduled house show. I don't remember when it was originally scheduled for. Um, I do remember it was a birthday present. So I had turned 10 in 1989. This event took place on February 22, 1990. Uh, it took place at the Stadium Arena in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Stadium Arena is no longer around. Uh, Stadium Arena uh, was demolished, uh, and the Deltaplex now stands on the grounds where the Stadium Arena was. Deltaplex um, has hosted Ring of Honor here in Grand Rapids. It's hosted TNA back in the day. Um, it's had some concerts. Uh, it it was the home to the Detroit Pistons G League NBA team. Um, and I think we're still going to have a G League team, but it's not going to be Pistons affiliated. Anyway, just context there. Here's the card. Here's the card of the first ever event I went to. Paul Roma versus the Conquistador, number one. Tito Santana versus Akeem. Earthquake versus Ronnie Garvin. Andre the Giant and Haku versus Demolition. Brooklyn Brawler versus Tom Stone. Black Bart versus Jim Evans. And the main event was the Ultimate Warrior as Intercontinental Champion on the road to WrestleMania six against Dino Bravo. So re- notice how I said February of, of 90. So February, m- midwinter, you know, m- Midwest City, Grand Rapids, we're an hour off the lake shore. We had a lot of lake effect snow. I remember very vividly that it was snowing on the night that I went to this event. I also remember that I think this was a gift from my dad. My mom was not a wrestling fan at all. So my dad had worked it out where the people that I was going with were, which were kind of mutual friends. We used to watch pay-per-views back in the day together. Um, we're getting a limo and going to this show. So I actually went to the show in a limo, which is kind of cool. I don't remember much about the limo other than kind of getting in and getting out um, and kind of being dropped off right by the door, which was kind of cool. Um, but a couple big takeaways from this show. I think I just two that really stick out. I remember being by myself. Like I wasn't sitting with the people that I went to the show with. I don't know why or how, where my dad got the ticket, maybe off a of ticket master, maybe through a scalper. Who knows? The, 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 the bottom line is it meant so much to me that my dad um, made this happen. And it would have been fantastic. It would have been over the moon had he been able to join me. And why, why that was the case, I don't know. My dad was an addict. Um, through my entire life um, and ebbs and flows in that. Um, so the fact that my dad made this a priority when other things were a priority for him uh, growing up uh, because of his vices, that sticks with me. Uh, that's not one of the two things, so I apologize. It's, But that's context for this, why I was sitting alone. So I'm pretty sure I was sitting like fifth or seventh row. It feels like in that window of space. And I remember when Earthquake came out and he was with Jimmy Hart and Jimmy Hart was running his mouth on the megaphone and I remember standing on my seat and in my tiny little, you know, just 10-year-old voice, 
prepubescent, like screaming some like insult or slur, um, not a racial slur, mind you, at like earthquake about him being fat or something like that. And everyone around me, like just looking at me like, what did that kid just say? Like, not only probably because it was like, not like, I mean, it's what you should have done to a heel. So don't get me wrong. Like, you know, the heel should have been jeered or, or booed or whatever. But whatever I said about maybe his, his him being, you know, fat or or uh, rotund or whatever it was, like just the fact that people were just like, they like looked and like, in, in amazement or in horror at the fact that some some kid by himself here is screaming screaming this uh, this derogatory mark at the earthquake and earthquake was bad so I don't know go figure um, uh, and then the other big takeaway from this night was uh, the main event comes and I don't remember how long the show had gone I, I do remember loving seeing Tito Santana versus Akeem and Demolition for sure. Um, which probably was the main event of the show, all things considered, when you think about what I'm going to tell you next. And the fact that I think I might have said it in the, in the rundown, uh, Warrior and Dino Bravo went 30 seconds. Warrior came to the ring wearing what I recall as and would refer to today as like cowboy chaps or they were leather pants or they were one and the same. I don't think he had any face paint on. Um, and he literally came to the ring and he squashed Dino Bravo and he shook the ropes and he bolted. So I don't know if it was weather related or where the next town was. Um, as I look, as I look at the card, actually they, they were in Detroit the next night at Joe Louis Arena, maybe taping. Oh, they did. They taped they taped the main event three, um, which was uh, where Hogan and Savage fought with Buster Douglas as the referee. So clearly they had to get out of Dodge. Grand Rapids and Detroit are about uh, hour, uh, two and a half hours away, 150 miles. Clearly they had to get out of Dodge and make the trek with weather. Now, granted, they probably were driving away from weather, knowing what I know now versus what I knew when I was you know, just uh, a young buck. Uh, sure. But nonetheless, like that's, uh, that's the memory of my first event. And I didn't buy any merch. Uh, I didn't even remember seeing the concession stand or the merch stand. I think I just like was on my wooden folding chair, you know, 18 inches apart from the next one and just soaking, soaking the smoky arena experience in. Yeah, that's, man, that's, those are great memories um, of that first show. Um, I found the first one um, and Ted and I went to it together. Uh, my grandpa took us, uh, my dad and mom were, were divorced when we were very, very young, uh, less than a year old. And uh, dad lived, uh, Let's see, this would have been in 86. So dad probably still lived in Milwaukee. We were living in Rockford, Illinois. Um, and we might have been, my dad was a truck driver. So we never fully had the, you know, every other weekends and every other holiday kind of thing um, with dad because it depended really on his schedule and when he was on the road and when he was home and that sort of thing. Uh, my mom never uh, kept us from seeing him when he had time. Uh, and that was a struggle at times uh, without going too deep down the rabbit hole. Uh, my dad had uh, three girls from his first marriage who, when he and, and that wife had divorced, um, he never saw the girls again um, because he, he claimed he didn't know where they were. I've since come to find out that he, he had a rough idea where they were, um, but he was terrified that they would reject him, that they would not um, accept him back into their lives. Um, he was afraid of that with Ted and I too, I know. Um, but for whatever reason, my mom different than the girl's mom and not to pass judgment on anybody. Um, 
she didn't let him pull that crap. Um, she kind of forced the situation. And, um, and in fact, later in life, there was a, a four year span where he wasn't in our lives. He just kind of ghosted. And uh, she eventually figured out where he was and wrote him a letter. And um, in a way, only a mother can say, um, said, for whatever reason, your son still wants you in their lives. Um, do something before it's too late. Um, little did she know she was super prophetic. Uh, we lost my dad six months later. Uh, but we had six months with my dad. Um, so, so I don't, I have, I don't think my dad and Ted and I ever went to a live show together. Uh, the first pay-per-view I ever watched, uh, was at my dad's house. It was, uh, the original survivor series. Um, and, uh, we had gotten it and, and he'd recorded it, um, on old VHS tape. Cause of course that's, you know, this before DVRs, right. Um, so that was the first pay-per-view. I remember we had gone to Thanksgiving and he had remarried. Um, and I think it was my stepmom's family. Um, it wasn't his family cause his parents lived in Florida at that point, but, uh, I think it was my stepmom's family. And um, so we'd gone to Thanksgiving dinner, you know, there and, and spent all day there and, and most of much of the evening and then got home and at, you know, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, um, rewound the tape and started watching, you know, the survivor series. Um, did you stay up for the whole show? I think we did. I think we nice. did, you know, and nice. that was, that was 87, I think was the first survivor series. So we'd have been almost 10. Um, our birthday is in December. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously that being on Thanksgiving, um, since it was the Thanksgiving night tradition when it first started. Um, yeah, my memory is that we did stay up and I'm sure that was until like two in the morning. I mean, it's probably a two to three hour show. Um, you know, they didn't do the, the eight hour WrestleManias and Survivor Series back then, uh, which they have cut back on now. And I, I really do appreciate that. SummerSlam being three hours was great um, instead of six. But um, but our the first house show we ever did was actually a wrestling challenge taping. So back there you go, back in the day. Um, and I, I did find it on the history of WWE. It was actually in 86. I would have guessed it was in 87. Um but it was in 86 and I had to copy and paste this into a word document just to make my old eyes able to see this. Um, November 20th, 1986. So it would have been just before Thanksgiving that year. So the year before the survivor series started. Um, so my grandfather, my dad, my mom's dad, um, took us to that show, his wife, who we just called Paulette. Um, she was our step grandmother, I guess. Um, she, she probably came with, but I don't have a vivid memory whether she was there or not. Uh, we, my grandpa worked for one of the local TV stations, um, in Rockford and was, I think got his tickets through that. Um, they may have even aired wrestling challenge back then. I don't quite remember what channel it was on. Um, but, uh, I think he got his tickets through them. So we were in like the third row, um, sitting on the floor. So we're, you know, not quite nine or eight at this point. Um, I remember, um, my grandpa, yelling at people to sit down in front of us throughout the night. Um, and we were standing on our chairs and, you know, I think one of us went up on like my grandpa's shoulders at one point so we could see. And, um, because as you well know, having sat rings ringside for many shows, um, if you're not in the front row, especially if you're small, you know, you're an eight year old kid, like third or fourth row, it can get a little tough at times, um, to see things. Um, so I remember doing that. And yeah, I think I, I've told the story uh, when we talked about Kamala's passing a few weeks back of, of the first match I remember seeing was as we walked in and we're walking down the stairs of, of the Metro Center in Rockford, Illinois, um, which is now called something else. Somebody bought the naming rights, but um, I thought about it long enough. I could tell you what it is, but it doesn't matter. 
um, the Metro Center, though, was this big orange arena. Um, the outside of it was just bright orange. Uh, I think they've painted that since now, too. And the seats were all orange. Um, I don't know. They got a good deal on orange stuff back then. Um, but Kamala and Tito Santana was going on when I when we walked in. Um, as I've said, I, I saw Tito throw a slap that missed by a foot, and Kamala sell, sold it like he got hit with a brick. Um, but I've, I've now learned uh, from just looking at these results that I, I think we might have missed a dark match uh, before Kamala. It's The order of this is a little bit strange on History of WWE because it's got the three dark matches um, first, and then it breaks it down actually by when things aired episodically on Wrestling Challenge, which probably was taped roughly in that order, um, you know, so they didn't have to go back and edit a million different things. Um, but it looks like I missed Salvatore, Salvatore Belomo uh, defeating Jack Kruger. So I, I'm just broken up that I missed that classic uh, <laughs> of uh, two people. I don't think uh, Belomo, the name sounds vaguely familiar. You, um, you may remember her from ECW. Okay, maybe that's maybe that's the name. Like like, like, or like mid nineties ECW. Sal Bolomo was had a little bit of a run there. Okay, I mean not okay. not a big not a big deal. He was enhancement for sure, but like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's why he was there because he was a, you know, a staple in the eighties. Right, right. Which is kind of yeah. what early ECW used an awful lot of. Yeah. Um. So I I, I did miss that that one. Um. Then it has Kamala Pintito Santana with splash in six minutes and forty three seconds. Um, he had the wizard as his manager. Um, that can't be the grand wizard. It was with this, the wizard and kimchi. 86. Okay. Six. Not, not Tito with the wizard. Kamala with the wizard. Kamala with the wizard. Okay. Right. But I don't think I'm just looking this up real quick. Ernie Roth, who would have been the grand wizard. Yeah. He died in 83. Um, so this was somebody else as the wizard. Um, I'd have to really look that up. I don't remember the wizard. Um, I certainly remember kimchi um, and the 87 different variations. We got a kimchi. Um, and then Santana dropkick Kamala to the floor. I see here on this that it's actually on the best of WWF volume 12 uh, VHS tape, which I'm now curious. I don't think the best ofs are, are for the most part on the network uh, on the Coliseum. You know, there's a lot of Coliseum home videos on the network. I don't think the best ofs are. But I'm definitely going to look that up now because that would be kind of fun to go back and watch the very first match that I ever saw live. Um, see if I can find that slap in the match, too. Uh, they probably got a better camera angle on it than I had. But um, And then the, the main event was the other dark match. It was Hulk Hogan defeated Paul Orndorff uh, by DQ. Um, I'm just going to run through um, what they've got on here. Um, it's got the, the results and everything, I guess, because um, it's easier to do that than try to remember to say versus. Um, so they taped one, two, three, looks like three weeks of wrestling challenge. Um, the, th which would have been the 30th. So that's, that's kind of interesting. So they taped this November 20th and the first episode aired on the 30th. Um, so these were, this was a quick turnaround. Um, 10 days later it was airing on TV. Um, so on the 30th, uh, it, it says it included Hillbilly Jim as a guest on the snake pit. I do remember seeing the snake pit. Um, we couldn't see it from our vantage point because we were kind of opposite of the entrance. So, and this, the interview sets um, were, were usually set up kind of near the entrance or to the side of the entrance. Um, so I remember, I do remember like when the snake pit segments were happening, like we could hear them and we could see lights over there. Um, but I couldn't see crap. Um, that was before big video boards and all of that kind of stuff. So 
I, I didn't see those until I'm sure I watched these on TV um, afterwards. So I'm sure I saw them then. Uh, let's see. Uh, there were opening comments from Slick, who was wearing a cast because of Matilda attacking him. Um, and then Superstar Billy Graham had a, uh, a video promo on that episode as well that we didn't see, obviously. Uh, we had George Steele and the Junkyard Dog defeated the Raider and David Wagner. Uh, Six-man tag, Dino Bravo, Brutus Beefcake, and Greg Valentine defeated C.D. Afi and the Islanders. Uh, Kamala was back out and beat Moondog Spot in a minute 21 with a splash off the top rope. That's pretty cool. Um, I got to say, someday they have got to get Wrestling Challenge up on the network. Like, I would just spend hours going through this. I know it's all almost all squash matches. Man, I'd watch a ton of it. Um, Jacques and Raymond Rougeau defeated Jimmy Jack Funk and Gino Carabello in two and a half minutes. And then Hercules defeated Jack Foley, uh, who we know as Mick Foley. Uh, I don't remember at all that Mick was on that show, um, but his name's going to come up at least one other time too. So I, I saw a very young Mick Foley uh, in 1986, or I don't know how young he was back then. Uh, Mick's one of those guys who's always looked 50. But uh, <laughs> but I saw, I didn't know that. I saw a young Jack Mick Foley. Uh, December 7th, that episode had Adrian Adonis and Jimmy Hart on the snake pit. Um, there was a wrestler's rebuttal promo. Apparently that was a segment. Um, I don't remember that segment, but apparently it was uh, with King Harley Race and Bobby Heenan. Um, Honky Tonk Man said he would unveil a surprise the following week. Um, Gene Okerlund interviewed Bonnie Steamboat because this would have been right after Randy Savage's attack on him. Uh, promos for both Blackjack Mulligan and Outback Jack. There's a couple of names for you from the past. Um, I don't think they actually wrestled on this show, which I'm kind of bummed if I never, I never saw Blackjack Mulligan live. I don't believe. Um, and I, I think I saw Outback Jack at maybe a house show later or something, but he was only there for a cup of coffee. So maybe I didn't either. Uh, we had a six man tag. Uh, apparently they liked those back then. Tino Tito Santana, Pedro Morales and Hillbilly Jim, uh, beat Brian Costello, Barry O and Iron Mike Sharp, uh, loved Iron Mike Sharp back in the day. You knew he'd never win, but, Hey, he was great. Uh, Kamala came out and beat uh, McFoley in 39 seconds. Um, it says here that throughout the match, uh, when it aired on TV, Gorilla Monsoon constantly referred to Foley as Kurt Kaufman, even though he'd been introduced as Jack Foley in the on-screen graphic read Jack Foley. Um, so he did a stretcher job after the, the match, though. And then uh, we had Don Morocco and Bob Orton Jr. beat Mario Mancini and Max Blue. Um, they were mocking, uh, Roddy Piper. Cause that was when Piper was having his feud with, uh, with that crew, Orton and Morocco and Adonis and those folks. Um, and then we had Brett and Jim Neidhart, the Hart foundation beat Salvatore Belomo and Bob Boyer, uh, Coco beware over Rick Renslow and Butch Reed, Nikolai Volkoff and the iron Sheik beat Billy Jack Haynes and the British Bulldogs. Um, I do have memories of the Bulldogs working that show. And then the last uh, episode that they taped, Roddy Piper was a guest on the Snake Pit. Um, a wrestler's rebuttal promo with the Wizard and Kamala. Uh, Honky Tonk Man introduced Jimmy Hart as his manager. I don't think that happened in front of the crowd. I think that might have been a video promo. Because I don't, I feel like I should remember that. But um, Jack Tunney confirmed the reinstatement of Andre the Giant and revealed that Andre didn't even attend the hearing. Okay. Uh, more promos for Blackjack and Outback. Uh, let's see. 
and a promo from Hogan saying he'd like to get his hands on Randy Savage for what he did to Ricky Steamboat. Then we had Randy Savage uh, beating Mario Mancini, Mike Rotundo, and Danny Spivey. I have zero memory of seeing the U.S. Express live, but I guess I did. Um, defeated Bob Colton, Steve Lombardi. You knew Steve Lombardi had to be on the show somewhere. Uh, King Harley Race over Paul Roma. Butch Reed over Lanny Poffo. Adrian Adonis over uh, S.D. Jones by DQ when Roddy Piper uh, interfered. And then Sika, who also had the Wizard as his manager, uh, beat Bob Boyer um, as well. So, uh, yeah, I just remember trying to see. I remember my grandpa, um, somebody in behind us, like, had signs, you know, the big poster board signs that people make and, and hold up. And, um, and they kind of kept, like, dropping them or, or they would hit us um, from behind. And uh, my grandpa finally turned around and, and, like, barked at the guy to, you know, knock it off and quit hitting his grandsons. Um, and, and I think, I think we got merch that I'm sure we got merch that night. Um, my memory is that was the night that we got our hacksaw, Jim Duggan foam board. Um, that that's, that's a memory I have of that night. Uh, and I'm sure we got, we would have each gotten something. Um, but for whatever reason that sticks out in my head that we got our foam board that night. Um, yeah, I mean, well, when we were young, that was just, that was what we did. We watched wrestling all the freaking time um you know as pay-per-views became more of a thing uh, my mom would always you know order them for us uh, even when bills were really tight she'd always find a way to make that happen um uh, you know we'd go to the store and we'd get you know you'd go to aldi i don't know if you have aldi's um in the grand rapids area okay um you know but back in the day man you could get chips for like 30 cents a bag and pop was like 10 cents a can and um so we'd have chips and pop and all, all the crap you shouldn't eat, but we did. Um, you know, my mom would make hot dogs or burgers or mac and cheese or something for us for dinner. And um, we'd have friends come over because we had um, a whole group of friends who I haven't seen in years, um, but I know I'll be seeing later this week. Um, but uh, that would come over and, and we'd watch wrestling. And um, Saturday mornings, we bowled in a bowling league. Um, and... Uh, we always tried to rush to get done. We bowled at 11 o'clock is my memory, uh, which usually meant we got done by about one. And I think at one or one thirty was when wrestling challenge was on. Um, and so we were always trying to bowl fast enough um, so that we could get home until, until the day that we finally got a VCR um, and, and could actually hook our antenna into it to record or whatever it was, or maybe we had cable finally by then, I guess if we were getting pay-per-views, we would have, um, Yeah, and uh, and so we'd rush home and want to watch Wrestling Challenge, and um, for whatever re reason, and and this doesn't necessarily revolve around Ted, but um, I remember the I couldn't wait to get home and watch Wrestling Challenge the the week that Strike Force was going to wrestle the Hart Foundation for the tag titles, and I just knew Strike Force was going to win those titles, and they did, um, and I couldn't wait to get home and watch it. Um, and I, Ted and I bowled on different teams, and I don't know why. Um, that just popped into my head. So I remember there were times where like my team would get done first and, and he'd still be bowling. Um, and I'd be like, dude, come on, we gotta go. We gotta go like speed it up. Like throw some strikes. Let's go. Let's get this done. Um, so I don't know, man, wrestling has been a part of it, you know, our whole lives, whether it's 1986 with Kamala and Sika and apparently the U S express, who I don't remember being there. Um, you know, to, 
I'm trying to think what the last show Ted and I would have attended together was. Um, it would have been sometime before I moved out here um, into Nebraska. I think most people know I live in Nebraska now. Um, headed back to Rockford here tomorrow uh, for things. But um, I'm trying to think. Uh, there was a Ring of Honor show shortly before we moved uh, out here. And I, I'm guessing he and I went to that. I'd really have to look back through Ring of Honor results. Um, but I, I feel like there was a show shortly before we moved out here. Uh, you used to hit it, Chicago and Milwaukee pretty regularly. Anytime they would come, right? Yeah, yeah. We hit Chicago. I, I, was at, I was at every Chicago show until the Chicago Spectacular Night 2. Um, and I don't remember what I had going on. It was something with work, probably, that I couldn't make that one. Um, it might have been that it was on a Sunday, and I worked at a church at the time. Um, and it was a little while later before I decided that if there was a wrestling show on a Sunday live, um, I would just schedule things differently so that I could go to that wrestling show. Um, early on, I didn't necessarily feel that way. Um, typing to my wife here really quick while we're talking. Sorry. No, um, you're good. I, so here's I have a memory of Ted, and I don't, and I can't place the show, but you maybe you will. I, I have a strong feeling or I have a strong memory of all of us being in the bleachers at one of the Chicago Ridge uh, Frontier Fieldhouse events. And I just remember, I don't, it was more than the three of us. There was other guys there, um, maybe our friend Scott. Um, I don't maybe maybe Nathan Davis, uh, shout out to him, you know, for your strike force reference. He'd love that. Um and maybe a couple of other guys too, but I just remember like that show, and I, and I want to say it was probably in the in the late spring to early fall time frame, but I don't know either. Um, I want to say maybe it was the was it Brian Cabana one hour? Did they do one hour in Chicago? Or did I feel they like they did. Okay. I feel like they did. Maybe it was that show. Maybe it wasn't. I don't remember. But I just remember like that entire event. I remember being around you and being around Ted and just like the one liners or the quips. And again, we were diehard. We were very, you know, focused on Ring of Honor. That was when Ring of Honor was like, you know, you had to follow it. Like it, the storylines and the action and just the whole, it was a total package. Probably that was 06 or 07. I think it was 06. Um, Man, I just I remember having a, a just a heck of a good time sitting there in the bleachers and those bleachers at Chicago Ridge weren't weren't big. They were like five five rows deep, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, they were the retractable ones along the side of the basketball court. Um, but man, I just remember like just laughing. I remember the smiles and you know having the having the blast that we had in. You know, a staple of Chicago Ridge events for Ring of Honor was roses too. So getting pizza and some beverages either before or after or both. That was a fun time as well. I, I just pulled it up. It would have been gut check in uh, 2006. Uh, it was a two out of three falls. It wasn't an hour. It may have gone an hour. Um, and it, I don't have the results on it. But uh, yeah, Danielson, Cabana, two out of three falls. Aries and Strong versus Daniels and Seidel for the tag titles. Claudio versus Joe. Davey Richards and a homicide versus the Briscoes. I don't remember how that came to be, but that is just an odd pairing. Um <laughs> Uh, Whitmer versus Jacobs. That was a feud that never never ended, really. Uh, Delirious and Irish Airborne versus Nigel in the Embassy, uh, which was Jimmy Rave and Sal Renaro. And then Davey Richards versus Alex Payne, which I'm assuming that was the opener that maybe led to that Davey and Homicide match. So maybe that's kind of how that got set up. Um, 
yeah, Ted was Ted was always quick with the one-liners. Um, I remember sitting in the in those bleachers uh, at uh, Chicago Ridge one time, and it was just Ted and I. I either you weren't there, or you might have been sitting front or second row, because um, there were certain shows where where we would all sit together, and then other times um, until later on in our fandom, um, I was we were buying cheap seats because uh, that's the only way we were making that happen at that point. Um, and then I started buying some front rows. Um, well, Down the road. For reference, we didn't meet until the spring of 06. Is that right? WrestleMania weekend 06? Would have been WrestleMania in Chicago. Was that 06? Was that 05? I think that was 06. Yeah, that was 06. WrestleMania yeah. 22 would have been, yeah, 06. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was where we met for the first time. We'd, we'd spoken online through the Ring of Honor board, um, and it was... Um, at that point, like you and Tree, so there's another name, um, were, were like always doing results, basically, between the two of you. One of you would be calling the other with results and posting them on the board. Um, so it was, uh, you know, you were like uh, Ring of Honor message board royalty um, to meet when we met in Chicago. Um, my, my first memory of you, Tom, uh, which Ted was there with me, we were standing in the lobby uh, of whatever the hotel was in Chicago that our friend Greg had so graciously um, booked for us and, and gotten us great rates and all of those kinds of things. And I had helped Greg uh, with the Chicago. I think I had, I had organized something, either I accepted the payments or I think that might've been it, or maybe I helped. I don't think I helped assign rooms um, because I, Ted and I roomed with um, shining Wiz Matt, um, which was when I met him as well. And, and so I don't think I would have, um, put us in a room with somebody I didn't know at that point if I was doing that. Uh, but anyways, I did something for Greg for that show um, for that weekend. And so we were all standing in the lobby waiting to go to the first show of the weekend, um, which would have been Dragon Great. No, Dragon Gate Challenge was in Dayton. Detroit. Wasn't at our, what's that? Detroit. Detroit. That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, so it would have been not at our best, but whatever the other show, there were two shows in Chicago that weekend. Super, uh, super was that a super card of honor? Might have been I a super, it, might have been the first super card, yeah. Um, so maybe it was, anyways, unimportant what the show titles were. Um, but we were waiting to go to that show, and uh, we were waiting for Dorito, is my is my memory. And we're just throwing names around here. Hopefully, some of you are listening, or at least you know who these people are. Um, and uh, we were waiting for Dorito because we had we had uh, organized who was going to go in what cars, and Dorito, I think, was driving maybe. And so we needed him there. And I remember you saying, Dorito's going to get crunched. Uh, he doesn't get here soon. So, um, but we, anyway, so the story I was starting to tell, uh, so we were sitting in Chicago Ridge at a show uh, for Ring of Honor and it became intermission time. And my brother smoked um, the vast majority of his adult life. He had stopped here in the last few years, uh, but he was a, a pretty heavy smoker at that point. So he went out like many people did um, at intermission in Chicago Ridge and went outside and, and had a cigarette or six or whatever they did. I don't know. I stayed in the arena. Um, so I'm not sure how that all worked out there. They had their own little community that met at intermission time out there. Um, you know, our friend Jay and some others uh, would be out there. And uh, as I'm sitting there, we actually were sitting on the, in the top row of the bleachers, which like you said, are only like five rows deep. Um, but we always tried to get in the top row because then you had the wall to, to rest your back on. Um, and so it was a little more comfortable throughout the night. So we were in the back row of the bleachers and this kid comes walking up. And I'm sitting there, and so now there's an open spot next to me where my brother sat. Um, and this kid, I'm, I'm going to guess 14, 15, maybe, comes walking up, and he sits down in that spot. And so I 
kind of leaned over and looked at him and said, Hey buddy, uh, you know, my brother is actually sitting there. Um, he just stepped outside to have a cigarette, you know, but he's, he's sitting there, that seat's taken. Um, and my brother and I are both big guys. So in the bleachers, we probably were taking up more than one, you know, preformed plastic 17 or 18 inch square. Um, but it's bleachers, right? You just sit down. I mean, it's not assigned seating. And he looks at me, he goes, well, he'll fit. And, and I looked at him and I said, he won't, he won't like, <laughs> trust me, man, he won't. Um, and so Ted comes back up and he kind of looks at me and he looks at this kid, like, what the hell is going on? Excuse my French. Um, I don't think we have to mark explicit for hell. Um, try to keep the other ones out of this, but um, any quotes I get from my brother, I might have to censor, but, um, you know, kind of looks at the kid, looks at me and the kid looks at Ted and he goes, sit down, you'll fit. And I mean, this space, maybe you would have fit Tom, maybe. Um, and you're, you're a much smaller guy than either my brother or I. Um, I mean, it, there was, there was no way Ted was going to certainly not comfortably fit in the space. So Ted's like, all right, dude, your funeral. Um, and he like sits down and crams into this space. I mean, so now he's up against me and he's like all over this other kid. And this 14, 15 year old bleeping punk of a kid looks at my brother and goes, you know, if you lost weight, you'd fit better. My brother looked at me and, and I'll censor the words again so that we don't have to mark the explicit on the, on when I put this up on podcast um, and said, I'm going to F and kill this kid right now. <laughs> um, and then the kid got up, wandered away and went somewhere. But like, dude, like I tried to be nice and tell you like, Hey, somebody's sitting here. Not a big deal. Like, you saw an open seat. I get it, but walk away. Like, like you, you gave like, him fair warning without a doubt. Right. And even Ted, I mean, even sitting there and you see Ted come walking up. And like I said, Ted was a big guy. Do a little math in your head. Like you can look at the space between you and I and see that big man is not going to fit in the space. And I'm the one that came into this space, you know, at intermission of the show, not, not even before the show at intermission, like go find a new seat kid. Um, he eventually left, but I did think I was going to have to bail my brother out of the Chicago Ridge pokey that night. Um, but uh, lots of great Chicago Ridge. Uh, Ted actually was the one who made me think I was an idiot one night to be in Chicago Ridge. Um, it, in fact, it was the night that we affectionately referred to as Final Bobo. Um, you uh, you were going to stop coming to live shows for a while, and you did. Um, because I think you had a lot, of, a lot of things going on at home and family and needed to focus your attentions there. Probably a new kid too. I mean, I've got four of them. It so. probably was. I mean, because you were, yeah, you were, you were having those pretty regularly there for a while. Um, slowed that down now. I see. So, um, but, um, but so you'd you'd kind of announced that I'm the Terry Funk of uh, of attending Ring of Honor shows. <laughs> right, you are. Yeah, you you've quit like four times. <laughs> um, but um. But final Bobo, I don't know if you remember, um, I'm sure you do, the weather was just horrendous, horrendous that night. I remember, help me remember when this took place, because I'm not, right. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm drawing it, a blank. It was a December show. Okay. Uh, let's see, there, it ended up being an unscripted. Um, this, was, this would have been an unscripted three? Uh, was three in New York? Two uh, was two was in New York, because that was punk. Okay, then it would have been three. Okay. Uh, yeah, ROH Unscripted 3, yep, in Chicago, original. No, it would have been December 1st, 2007. Um, so that okay. might help narrow down which child it was. Well, um, but, yes. Well, no, but... No, no, okay. yeah, no, 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 it was. No, actually, my, my, my third daughter was born uh, end of December 07. 
She'll be 13 later this year. So that's, yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, the weather was just, just horrendous that night. Um, and there were, there had been a car accident, I think with uh, some of the guys, which is why it turned into an unscripted show. Um, I want to say, be... in fact, yep. I have it right here. Uh, it was supposed to be tri uh, trio trio tournament. tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was, yeah, I remember I was in Dayton the day yep. before. I'm pretty sure I flew to Dayton on a propeller plane and I met up with our friend Jay. And then I came and drove from Dayton back to Chicago and stayed with Jay. And then we came to the show together and then I hooked up with everybody else. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, so I was coming from 07. I would have been in Wisconsin at that point. Um, and, and Ted was coming uh, from Illinois, from Rockford. Um, and sorry, my phone was going off. Just checking to make sure it wasn't anybody I need to take. Um, and, uh, and Ted turned around that night and went back, um, to Rockford. He didn't, he didn't end up making it to the show. Um, I, I pushed through because our friend Greg was there. Um, and I, I was the guy who was supposed to pick Greg up at the hotel and get him to the show. And I did. Um, and so I felt like I had an obligation. Um, and, and Greg would have found somebody else too, if I couldn't make it safely, he certainly wouldn't have, wouldn't ask for us to go, you know, over and above or, or above and beyond or put ourselves at risk uh, for him. And I certainly, if he ever hears this, he probably never even knows that, that, um, that uh, Ted turned around or, or maybe he does. Um, but if, if people that know my brother and I, uh, if you had to rank us and who was more willing to take a risk in their life, uh, Ted would win that by 10 country miles. Uh, it, it wouldn't even be close. And, uh, so the fact that he turned around made me realize that night that I was probably a moron for having driven to Chicago Ridge, uh, because if he wasn't willing to take that risk, what in the world was I doing uh, with a longer drive? And uh, yeah, I don't remember now exactly what time I made at home that evening, but I do know it was probably 3.30 or 4 in the morning um, because of how slow I had to drive back to Wisconsin. Um, Again, different time, different uh, financial state in life. Um, now I probably just would have bit the bullet and found a hotel room somewhere. Um, but but then I I may not have had the hundred bucks for a hotel room at that point. You know, some some of those shows I was scraping together the money for gas to go. But you know that's what I was doing was going to wrestling. So um, who needs to pay your electric bill when there's a Ring of Honor show coming up? You know, uh, <laughs> but, the things you do to make it all come together. There's some, a, lot of good, a lot of good stories there. So is there, a, is there like a favorite memory that you have? I mean, obviously you had talked about that first memory and some of these Ring of Honor. Like, is there a show that you and Ted went to or an event or a trip or anything like that that like really like just makes you like makes you reminisce like really like warmly? I, I think it'd be WrestleMania 23 um, in Detroit. Uh, it was the, the only WrestleMania Ted ever went to. Um, it was a, my first WrestleMania. It was our first WrestleMania. Um, we, and again, I helped Greg with, um, coordinating some things with our Barbie group. That's back in those days when a whole mess of us would go, um, to WrestleMania weekend shows and, and Greg would so graciously organize hotels and parties and meals and, you know, all of these things. And, um, some of them for free, some of them for much cheaper than we would have found on our own, um, all of that sort of thing. So I was, I was part of his team helping put that together. Um, and we, we took my mom's minivan, drove to Detroit. Um, so we had that road time to just talk. We went to, uh, both ring of honor shows, 
um, sat front row for one of them uh, the night that Mark Briscoe tried to kill himself with a shooting star press right in front of you. Um, I remember I remember your response to that specifically because you were literally were right there uh, when Briscoe came off of that shooting star press. Um, shooting star? Yeah, shooting star. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, so we sat front row for that one. I think that was the second night. Uh, the first night we actually ended up sitting basically front row. Uh, we had GA seats uh, and we sat with our buddy, Matty, uh, who uses, uh, utilizes a wheelchair. And uh, so he was able to sit um, right in the corner of the front row, basically, um, between two areas, because uh, obviously if he sits way in the back, he's not gonna be able to see things. Um, and, and we were hanging with him that night. So they just pulled a couple of chairs up for us right there. And so for 20 bucks, we sat basically front row that night as well. Um, so we would go to both Ring of Honor shows. I don't think we did any other shows. That would have been before Gabe would have still been working there at that point. So that was before like Dragon Gate and um, and all yeah, of them started running shows. Dragon Gate guys were in that weekend, but it, was, it wasn't Yamato. the same energy as it was right. the year prior. Like... Like, 06 can't be topped. I think 08 probably does. You were in Orlando, so you probably could speak to that better than I could. 08 um, was very, very good, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was 06, 08, 07 before, before the breakup, before, before yeah. the parting of ways. Right. Yeah, 07, Yamato was there. I remember there was a Yamato-Davy Richards match. That was a very early Yamato. He was still, you know, kind of a young boy. Um, I don't remember now exactly the rest of those matches. But, yeah, Dragon Gate was there. Um, Bruno San Martino was there live at those shows. I remember that. Um, Remember our friend Larry just being absolutely, you know, going nuts because um, he was a big Bruno fan from way back. Um, but but getting to go to WrestleMania, it was it was special to be able to sit, um, you know, front row for the first time with Ted. Um, I had sat front row at, at uh, the night that Homicide won the world title in New York a uh, year before that, maybe. Um, but that was just me. Um, I had gone out to, to New York for that show uh, for final battle that year. But uh, getting to sit front row for the first time with Ted, and I remember um, I asked uh, Ted and I were sitting next to each other, obviously, and I think I had asked Greg to make sure they put somebody kind of smaller, maybe on one side of us, just because again we're big guys, we take up a little more room, and uh, and Greg said absolutely because he coordinated those front row tickets, um, and and he he did, uh, but two seats down from Ted was our friend Chai's. Um, and Chai's is a pretty big guy too. Um, so again, much like this 14 year old punk kid, um, in Chicago Ridge, Chai's is sitting there, Ted's sitting there, I'm sitting there and we were all kind of laughing, like who's going to be the unlucky SOB that gets this, uh, this seat. And it was who better, uh, was who got that seat. So we all got a good laugh. Who better was one of the skinniest people I've ever met in my life. So it was probably the right pick, uh, to put him between Chai's and Ted. Um, but I don't think who better got chilly that night. I think he was plenty warm <laughs> that evening. Um, but getting to sit front row, and then, like I said, going to WrestleMania, I think that was, uh, it had always been a dream of ours both to go to WrestleMania. Uh, we'd been to so many wrestling shows, but we'd never been to Mania. Uh, didn't necessarily know if we'd ever go because, you know, cost and just where was it and all of that. Uh, we didn't go in Chicago the year before, I think mainly because of cost. Um, and so um, I my memory serves um, part of my, quote, compensation um, from Greg for the work I had done for him was was WrestleMania tickets. Um, so he gave us a pair of tickets. Uh, we were in kind of the risers. So we were on the field, um, not ringside by any stretch. We were probably 100 rows back, I don't know, um, roughly. But um, but we were, the, the rows were 
kind of risen. You know, they had built some risers. Um, so we had a pretty good view. We were kind of straight back from the entranceway. So we had a really good view of the, the ring in the entranceway. Um, and then we sat with Becky Bayless and Mary Kate, um, both Ring of Honor alumni. Uh, Mary Kate was a photographer, obviously, for years, and Becky was a an interviewer. Um, and uh, I remember Becky was right next to Ted uh, all night. And, uh, um, you know, I don't mean this to sound uh, chauvinistic in any way, but, but Becky was a very attractive young lady. Um, she was also a famous, in our eyes, attractive young lady because we watched Ring of Honor, so we knew who Becky Bayless was. And uh, I remember Ted turning to me at one point, um, and, and we were bantering with Becky and, and, uh, and Mary-Kate all night. We had a blast sitting with them. Um, they both agreed that if, if John Cena beat Shawn Michaels that night, we were all going to riot. Um, and, and John Cena beat Shawn Michaels that night. Um, we didn't riot. I think Mary Kate like kicked a chair on the way out or something, and, you know, got a look from a security guard and we kind of simmered it down then. But, uh, I remember Ted looking at me after he had been talking to Becky at one point. Um, and he just looked at me and he goes, I love Greg <laughs> because he had this opportunity to, to sit and uh, converse with Becky for the whole night. Um, yeah, lots of other probably ways I could talk about that story that aren't, aren't, uh, appropriate, uh, for, for recorded version, but, uh, just, they were, they were a lot of fun. And I think the chance to, to attend a WrestleMania, um, you know, we saw the undertaker at WrestleMania. Uh, we saw, we got to see Ric Flair at WrestleMania team with Carlito. But anyways, that's a different problem. Um, not exactly maybe what we would have thought. Later on, I was in Orlando, so I was able to see Flair and Michaels. But um, Ted wasn't there in Orlando with me. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be one of my favorite memories um, with Ted was being able to share that experience at, at Mania 23. That's awesome. Yeah, I love listening to your stories. Uh, it's giving me... Uh, some reflection on my own piece and how kind of it's weird how some of our, our memories intersect. Like, so you went to that wrestling challenge taping. My first ever memory as a wrestling fan is the steamboat savage larynx incident. Mm -hmm. So obviously that aired on TV just before the taping you went to. So interesting note there, uh, WrestleMania 23, the first and only WrestleMania I went to with my dad. So, you know, kind of cool to make those connections for sure. That's that is, that's interesting. And even, you know, I guess to bring it full circle or, or bring it current, um, you know, Ted and I would talk every so often, especially during major shows, pay-per-views, um, or if something crazy was going on, um, he hated the retribution angle. He just hated the retribution angle, thought it was just cheesy and hokey. And I can't say that I totally argue with him, you know, and obviously I'm wondering what WWE is thinking, you know, about it. Um, Tom, I don't know what you've seen thus far, where you're at in your viewing. Um, have you seen Payback? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, well, don't look for them on Payback. That's what I'll just say. <laughs> <Spoiler alert>. um, <laughs> you know, they, they appear just as much on Payback, uh, maybe even less than they did on SummerSlam. Uh, so, you know, they do show up on Raw um, from what I've read. I didn't watch Raw last night. Frankly, I read the results and went, yeah, I don't need to give three hours of my life to that. Um, <laughs> so, um, so without going into too many spoilers for you on your, on your watching, but uh, yeah, hated Retribution. Um, but I gotta say, uh, two things, um, around this week, um, since, since we lost him is, uh, I'm going to be in Rockford this coming weekend. Um, and I had a thought that I'm going to be in Rockford and all out's going to be happening. 
And my first thought was Ted and I should watch all out. And that can't happen. And that really sucks. Uh, and then watching payback on Sunday night, uh, could have been Sunday night, Monday morning. I finished it on Monday morning. Uh, I couldn't even tell you now what happened and I, and I wouldn't so that I don't spoil that for you. Um, but something happened, um, in the show. And my first thought, I literally reached for my phone to text him, um, and to send him a Facebook message, uh, and to say, Hey dude, are you watching, you know, cause sometimes he'd be working. So he'd watch it afterwards too, or I'd have things going on watch it after. So, um, sometimes it would be kind of like you and I do, frankly, um, where we'll want to talk about something, but we check with the other one to see, have you seen it yet? Um, before we, before we talk about it. Um, and I reached for my phone to do that on Sunday and, uh, yeah, those those have hurt a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I know he's I know he's watching and he's he's aware he's aware he of is. what you're aware. So he is, and 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 he'll get to see all out on Saturday. I won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so my viewing of all out will be sometime you know after we get home um, from things. Since uh, well, I'm sure we'll have other things going on over the weekend while we're back. But uh, um, but yeah, that. Uh, even knowing why I would be in Rockford, like it just, because it all doesn't feel real. Um, that thought crossed my head. And, and like I said, it, it sucked knowing that, you know, every show I watch now, I'll watch with him because he's here. Um, but, but yet I can't talk to him the way I did before about it. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, wrestling was really important. In fact, yesterday when we were talking with the funeral home, uh, we were, trying to pick out what to put on the, the memorial folder, the little, you know, folded card kind of thing that you get at the visitation and the service. Um, and Ted was never a super religious person. Um, so his, his girlfriend, wife, they were together 17 years. So whatever. Um, I consider them married, even if the, the law doesn't, um, they didn't get married. Um, they were actually supposed to get married this Halloween. Um, they really hadn't made that public yet. They were waiting to kind of surprise people. I think, I think they were just going to do it and surprise people. Um, so they were going to get married this year, but, um, they didn't, they didn't get that done. Um, and they hadn't gotten married for all these years because my brother always said it was cheaper to break up than it was to divorce. So, um, it tells you where his, his <laughs> feelings on that laid. Um, but eventually I think he decided they'd been together 17 years. Maybe I'll just get around to doing it. Um, but, uh, so, so Amanda was trying to find ways to, she didn't really want, you know, a cross on there or Jesus or, you know, cause it just wasn't who Ted was. Um, so she wants to be genuine to who he was. Um, and I think that's totally fair. Um, regardless of the fact that maybe others in his family might, um, find faith to be a strong thing. Um, uh, Ted didn't. And, and that's okay. Um, that's, that's between Ted and the big guy upstairs to worry about. So, um, but, uh, she, she finally looked at the funeral director and said, do you have anything with like a wrestler jumping off the top rope? Cause that would be way more Ted. <laughs> he didn't, uh, apparently the funeral world does not have that available. <laughs> Maybe they should add it. Um, you know, they got like baseballs and footballs and other, other sporting events. Uh, but they did, did not have a pro wrestling, uh, themed memorial folder. If you show up and it's a Greco Roman, like waist lock, you gotta yeah. let me know. Oh dude, I'll, I'll get a picture and show it to you. Um, yeah, they, they did find one though, that was, uh, golden and red, which my brother, uh, was a huge 49ers fan. Um, even through the crappy years. So I don't begrudge him that even though, yes, he became a fan when they were, you know, 
best team in football back in the eighties. Um, but he stuck with them even when they were one and 11 and, and those terrible years that San Francisco had here, what, 10 years ago, I don't know, eight years ago, whatever it was. Um, so I don't begrudge him that at all as a, as a Cubs fan who's been with my cubbies. Um, and thank you for Cameron Mabron, Mabron, by the way, um, from the Tigers, uh, over the week here, but, uh, as a Cubs fan who has seen some crappy teams, but then celebrated when they've made it, um, I have to admit this upcoming season, uh, you know, I will always, always be a Bears fan first and foremost, um, but I'm going to be a 49ers fan this year too. Um, I would love, and do I think this will happen? No, mostly because of my team, um, but man, San Francisco and Chicago in the NFC championship game, in some ways, in our, just for our family and only mattering to three people in the whole wide world. Uh, San Francisco, Chicago in the NFC Championship game and fighting for the right to play Green Bay in the Super Bowl, um, which can't happen, um, but uh, would be great because my mom's a Packers fan. But uh, so maybe the Packers can just stay out of it because I hate them. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm going to be a Niners fan. I, I don't think they play this year. I'd have to go back and look at my schedule. Um, I don't think the Bears and Niners, because I think they just played a year or two ago. Um, and the Niners and Bears certainly did not finish in the same place in the standings last year, since the Niners were one of the best teams in football and the Bears were um, not. <laughs> but uh, they were slightly better than the Lions, I think. Um, so, hey, we got that going for us, right, Tom? Uh, Salt and wound. You just got to do it. <laughs> I got to take digs like it. Um, dude, when you're a Bears fan, there aren't a lot of teams I can talk trash about. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so I'm I'm glad that that will be referenced or or um, it's referenced in his obituary as is being a wrestling fan. Um, but I'm glad that'll be on his memorial folder. Those colors because those those were important to him too. He was a big football fan, never a fantasy football guy, um, but uh, but was a football fan. So yeah, I'll be rooting for the Niners this year, assuming we get a full season. Let's hope, knock on something, that we get that for sure. Well. This is a good spot for us to to probably wrap it up. Just uh, I think it's been a really nice uh, stroll down memory lane. I, I said, like, like I said a moment ago before I made that connection, hearing the stories was was really cool. And uh, I just uh, want to let you know, you know, personally, you know, I've said this, and you'll say it doesn't matter that it says it in a podcast or not. But I'm thinking of you and your family, and as you travel uh, tomorrow and over the next couple of days, as you. Uh, honor your brother's memory. I just uh, think of you all. And, you know, I know he's with us now and he's with you and he's watching over us. He's probably laughing at us, you know, getting, getting misty eyed over here. Like, come on guys, have some fun. He would be, yeah. He'd be like, mad about it. Dog on retribution a little bit more. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. whenever, that, whenever that angle pays itself off, you know, I'm sure we'll have a, we'll have a smile and I know Ted will too. So. Yeah, and I hope it's worth it when it pays off too for him. <laughs> I hope that it's something that uh, would make him go, you know, in the end that turned out all right. Um, but um, well, thank you, Tom. And thank you guys, uh, whoever's listening to this uh, for uh, humoring us uh, and and indulging uh, me a little bit. Um, you know, it's hard to talk about my brother um, right now, but uh, I think it's good to talk about him too. So um he, uh, we're, we were twins. I don't know if I said that at the, the open of the show. Um, we are twins. That doesn't change anything. Um, and, and while we walked very, very different paths in our lives, um, through much of it, um, and had very different experiences, uh, good and bad on both sides. 
uh, I'm gonna miss the hell out of him. And uh, I don't like this, but uh, I'm glad we had a chance to talk about some of the fun times with Ted and uh, some of the good memories. And, and I know that's gonna be a, a theme here for the rest of the week for me uh, back home with friends um, and with my family as well. So uh, thanks for indulging us guys. We promise next week uh, or whenever we get back to this, but hopefully next week, uh, We'll get back to just our normal wrestling banter. Um, maybe we'll do a, a three big things out of all out or something. We'll see, you know, if we've both seen the show by the time we can get together next week, uh, that, that will be high on my priority list when I get back to normal, just because uh, I'm gonna really want to see it because it kind of looks like it could be a good show. Although I, I'll just say one thing quickly, because um, my brother would have hated it too. Mimosa mayhem match. What the hell? I, I so I just got caught up on that episode of AEW today. I started watching it yesterday. I had kind of put AEW on the DVR and let it accumulate, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's almost Wednesday! I'm two episodes behind." Side note: I have Comcast as my provider, Xfinity as my provider. I set my DVR to record the episode on the 22nd, which was the Saturday night episode. That NBA game ran long. My DVR didn't account for that. So uh, I missed Cody Brody Lee. I know what ha happened, obviously, but I missed that. I was kind of looking forward to watching that match. Sounds like it was a pretty, pretty strong angle at the end. And I might be able to find it on YouTube or something or on, on demand, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Well, I'm getting, I, that was where they announced the mimosas, mimosa mayhem match. Can't even get that word out too many M's. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think we ever talked about their second match and how kind of it was not to be uh, sacrilegious, but a fart in church, if you will, uh, compared yeah, to the first well. the first match. Uh, so they, 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 I hope, hopefully, the the prop of the match heading into All Out or at All Out, you know, is what they need to deliver. And and I hope it's a good match before what will be a totally stupid end. Um, that's that's my belief on that. Sure. I yeah. hope it's a good match before what will be. Uh, our friend Greg said he, he doesn't think that could possibly be a Jericho idea, but my thought is Jericho has a lot of say. And yes. uh, I, I think that was a Jericho idea. And lots of Jericho ideas are good ones. And uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see when well, we see the show. Maybe maybe it'll go way better. So It's the it's the bubbly of Jericho. Right. You know? and the and, orange, and, and the orange, yeah. I mean, it's. It, it's it's common sense on paper, even though it sounds goofy in theory. And and again, my hope to 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 your comment, I hope we get a clean or semi clean finish, and then we have the mimosa bath right after the fact. Yep, it's mm. uh, it it's something, and we'll so hopefully we'll talk about that next week. That was kind sure. of yeah. a little aside there after our, our close here, but guys, um, yeah, hopefully we'll talk about that. And I. Uh, hmm. Mimosa mayhem. No <laughs> um, not quite eye for an eye level. Not quite eye for an eye level. There you go. Um, there you go. A, a bath in mimosas is better than, you know, I'm going to rip your eye out of your skull. Um, so uh, we'll get back hopefully to normal. But thanks, guys, uh, for listening. Um, yeah, just thanks. That's all I can say right now. Um, our family's going through hell. So we appreciate everybody's love and support. Um, and uh, we will talk to you guys again soon. Everybody take care. Wear a mask. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Thanks.